0: Hello, Welcome to the Dear Writer Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more
1: experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode number 46 and... Today we have an author Spotlight episode. So today we have
0: Elizabeth Suggs and Jonathan Reddock. So welcome onto our show. Hey, hey. Thanks, Hello, Elizabeth and Jonathan are from Collective Tales Publishing uh, and together they are a small indie speculative fiction publisher. And their first book entitled Collective Darkness, a horror anthology, was a number one Amazon bestseller uh, in new horror anthologies and they also have a number of publications individually. I'm really interested in talking about one, how your um, publishing company came about and two, a little bit about all of your but well, both of your journeys to get here it's pretty cool
2: yeah um uh, well Jonathan do you want to talk about how we became a, a thing
3: sure so <laughs> we've been friends for a couple of years now and Liz used to work for me as my like personal assistant and helping me but she was she's also had her editing business and that's how we bonded and became friends and she started working full more as a writer and so she didn't work for me anymore but we she was telling me about this book she was working on with uh, an anthology for her writing group. And so I went to her writing group and uh, I ended up helping her a lot with it. And when the pandemic hit and I was laid off of my full-time job, I think she was like, we should just start our own publishing house and just publish books. (laughs) So, you know, thanks to the pandemic, (laughs) I became official. And so, you know, we finished the first book and then we've been working on other books and we've got a whole bunch coming out. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, we uh, we're expanding on Collective Darkness with the Deluxe Darkness, so it's three books in one. So it's really exciting. We just got that done, and then but we have other plans for like fantasy coming out in December, and then lots of stuff. I, I think that Jonathan and I we we work really well together because we have we have similar interests and we have we have similar talents. But I also like how we have different talents that really merge well like Jonathan's awesome with video editing and marketing and stuff. And then, you know, I do more like business stuff and I like organize. And so like having those two things together, I think really can help you know i'm like the bane of his existence because i love spreadsheets uh, <laughs> i was telling him today because we we got a bunch of deluxe darkness books to sell because you know for october and, uh, and i was like okay so i'm gonna we need to make this spreadsheet so then we can like see how many books we're gonna do and like we'll put it all together and like if we have other people pay or like selling them to we'll put them in their own little sheet <laughs> anyway, it's just kind of
3: funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny cuz I have a business degree. But, <laughs> but she's also <laughs> She's really the one that good
2: does at, the spreadsheets.
3: She's good at spreadsheets, but she's also really good at the website of the marketing. Like I don't know anything about knows oh, yeah. and how to make a website or anything like that.
2: I feel like websites are easy and hard, you know. Um I've made quite a few now and I feel like you just kind of they're just things that you do for each one and I don't always use a lot of programming. Sometimes I do, but it's more about like the templates and like making mm-hmm. it look pretty and specific to that genre or specific to that particular thing. But yeah. yeah.
3: And Liz knows yeah. how to make eBooks, which is something they never taught me in school. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. I hate, I hate making them though. <laughs> they
3: taught me how to do layout and formatting for print books. But like, I think my professors were so old, they didn't know how to do eBooks. So <laughs> this is probably <laughs> when eBooks aren't even that big yet. But Liz knows how to do them. I'm like, will you teach me? Cause I have no idea.
2: Yeah, no, we, I feel like, ebooks are great because everyone I mean they're so convenient but I feel like they're you can mess up a lot more easily I feel like on an ebook than a print because you know it's just like the file can change but like once something's printed it's just like permanently the way it is you know and so it's you're gonna get what you get when you print but like ebooks who knows depending on your program (laughs) or where you you open it up so I mean but
3: well yeah like like, yeah when we we finally get the, the print book file correct and in InDesign it's like this is perfect it's exactly the way you want and I think yeah. we have so much control over every little bit of it but yeah. I feel like when we printed our ebook like oh for some reason some random paragraphs are like red and we didn't even know why and then like it can- <laughs> sometimes the yeah. formatting looks weird on Kindle and you can't control these things and it's very frustrating.
1: Yeah I know I, yeah. I downloaded that like Kindle previewer oh. thing where you can like test how it looks and stuff and I seem to remember thinking Well, it's fine. It's all come out fine. However, I was like, is this what things truly look like in Kindle? Because I don't think I enjoy that very much. It's like they don't have much of a border on their page or anything. And I'm I'm so used to Apple iBooks with having like like nice space on the edges and (laughs) it's just like oh, okay. Because
3: in the print book, somebody (laughs) sat down and said, I'm gonna make this look nice. Okay. And we spend all this time making it look look nice but in the kindle ebook it's just like you know it's
2: just, you just, have uh, to make it so the ebook can expand and like retract yeah. it so i get like, mm-hmm. the but the thing is it like that's you know in those kindle previewers like yes it will show you how it looks but i've also noticed that sometimes it does it's a lie and so it, <laughs> yeah. looks, oh, it no. won't uh, show you always and it's uh a lie. yeah and i so feel funny. like i mean some Sometimes it's nice, but like, yeah, it depends on the device. Or like, you know, maybe the device isn't uh, one of the ones that um, will be shown on that preview or something. Maybe it's like an older version or something. So. Well,
3: yeah, but you can also change the font, right, and the size. So you can zoom in and zoom out. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why I think ebooks get all weird because you you yeah. have so much like the reader has so much flexibility, which is nice. But anyway, I didn't mean to get us ranting. About it. <laughs> it's totally okay. But uh, in regards to like our own works, like for me, um, I've been doing a lot of sending out publishing with different writing groups or different like publications, like before I did a lot of creative writing, I was a journalist, and I was, you know, I, I made hundreds of news articles. Like my mom saved all of that, like it's oh kind of ridiculous. Oh. so I have like print stuff. I, I was a lot of uh, in print. Then I went into web, so like all the print stuff is just printed, out like the newspapers. So we just have the newspapers, just like <laughs> it looks like clutter, and I don't know what to do with it. But so I have just like tons of that. But then um, like the creative stuff is also like now. I also want to add to that collection. So I'm like buying all the books. and A lot of it's like horror, but I also do poetry. Yeah. And then like dystopian and um, yeah, lots of fun things. Novels or mostly short stories? Uh, right now, just short stories, just yeah. because I've been trying to kind of just spread out my create like my creative stuff. Yeah. Um, I am working yeah. on two um, novels at the moment. Like one is a dystopian romance. That one is probably not going to be ready for, I don't know, for a little while just cuz I'm like working out the kinks. But um the second one is one of the reasons why I'm in Swansea. It is a biography on my grandpa and he went to Swansea University to be an engineer. And uh and so I applied to Swansea University and I got it. Like that's the reason cuz I want to talk to professors if they are alive. I mean he was, <laughs> you know, they would be really old. But like the, you know there are people that probably know of him or like you know so I'm like trying to find that and I actually just today for all the listeners, it is uh, really late for me. Uh, It's, it's, it's fine, but it's like 10 PM. But so I've had like this entire day of doing like research. And so I went to, I went down to the, where my mom was born or like they, they lived in this house and there was like these neighbors who were my mom's or my aunt's friend. And I went to their house, like unannounced. They don't live there anymore. So that was like a disappointment, but I did find out that there were three houses, like families in the area that have been living there for like a really, really long time. So that's like what I'm going to do next week. Anyway, so it's just like this, all this, <laughs> I'm like, that's really I, cool. I'm just gonna like show up at people's houses and be like, hey, I want you to tell me things. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're a detective. But-
1: I like it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah.
1: I feel like it's more acceptable in the UK in some ways. My parents did the same when they went over yeah. there. They went to like, Islington, where my mom i think her family was from and stuff and oh, cool. although then they found out that i think like the housing area is now like a park or something so they're like oh <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's too bad yeah i'm glad that people don't care like i'm i'm really going off with the idea that i'm like just a, a you know a harmless lady <laughs> just tell me things please it's about my grandpa uh, yeah, like, and I I, I want to know, there's probably people around in this area that might be related to me too. And so I'm like, I, I want to find you. <laughs> <Tread it> <laughs> <down>. <laughs> so that's my, that's, those are my
1: projects. <laughs> How about you, Jonathan? How did you get started with your writing?
3: Well, I mean, I've always been a writer, I guess, since I was young. In college, I got some things published and whatnot. But then after that, I got a job as an editor and academic stuff. And then I didn't really do creative, well, I didn't do like speculative fiction really that much for like a long period. And because I was focused on my career and my family, my kids, my wife, and stuff. But then when I met Liz, I was like, oh, I want to get back into what I really love, which was science fiction, fantasy, horror, things like that. So, and so. With her motivation, I guess, or pushing me or annoying me or whatever you want to call it, like applying, you know, submitting to places, I started doing that again. And so, yeah, I've had a few things published and recently in this last year, like, for example, um, I had some poems that were published in this book, Hope Screams Eternal, which I think is pretty cool. That one just came out recently. So that's an anthology that I sold. And then I had a couple of stories that I sold to some podcasts. So they did the narration, which is really cool. So one is on like the night's, the night's end yeah the night's
2: really in oh yeah
3: that's that's that was fun
2: that's
0: really cool it is. I'm terrible at poetry so I always am I'm very impressed with people who write poetry
3: I love it
2: I love poetry I want to put all my feelings down and just yeah
3: it's great. <laughs> my poetry doesn't really have feelings so much it's more like horror poetry <laughs> with weird <laughs> It's like rhymes about go Mine is um,
2: romance, and, romance sadness. and sadness. That's all.
0: That's all my poetry. I feel is. like those
2: two themes suit poetry quite well. Romance and yep. sadness. and then so. being here, like I'm like uh, you know traveling alone, so I'm I'm feeling all the things, so I'm, at, I'm making a lot of yeah, poetry.
3: <laughs> Liz filled out a whole journal of like mo- well, a lot of it was poetry, and it's mm-hmm. she read some of it to me. It's really good. I'm trying to encourage her to like let me edit it so we can publish it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have a 10-year mark, though. I'm, it's a memoir poetry thing that I'm doing, and so I have 10 years that I'm, like, going to compile. I'm on, like, year seven, I think, or something. Oh, wow. That's really awesome.
3: You have to wait three years.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, we got it. Because <laughs> I'm an OCD person, too. I don't know if you realize this with the spreadsheets, but I'm a little OCD about oh, wow.
1: things. That's totally... And so am I. I feel like I'm over most of the time. And...
2: Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have your things... And, and it works out when you have them planned. Yeah. So it's nice to have plans.
1: Yeah.
2: So what are some of
1: your favorite authors and writers who inspire you? And maybe if we start with
2: Liz. Two of my favorite authors on the top of my head would be the uh, uh, Shirley Jackson, the Hunting of Hill House author. She's uh, amazing. and I want to be her. And then Patrick Rothfuss, who wrote Name of the Wind series I also really like his stuff like they're, those authors are very very different but what I like about them that are kind of similar is the the use of poetry within their writing um, obviously you know they're very different types of poetry stuff his is more Patrick Rothfuss is more of like a fantastical t- sort of poetry thing and then Shirley Jackson is more like doom and despair and like mind going insane poetry but I love both of those and I want those in my like I I hope to write both of those things into my books, at least the uh, the dystopian ones. I don't know if it'll work out for the biography, <laughs> but at least the dystopian. Um, so those are my, they definitely inspire me. And so if anyone knows of any authors that are similar to them, please suggest, because I love that kind of stuff.
1: I'm curious that I haven't read much of either of them. Do they do it in between chapters or do they kind of put it like within the storyline or
2: it's within so yeah so well as a with Shirley Jackson hers is more just like I mean they're both sort of they're both about like you know when you're you're in the story and you're feeling that part like with um, Shirley Jackson it's it just becomes like in The Haunting of Hill House the longer you're in the story the more it just kind of Twists and turns and contorts into this like m- like madness, um, but she does it in such a beautiful way that you just can't pull away. And then you, it's just it's kind of horrific in a way. But and then with Patrick <laughs> Rossis, Patrick his is more um, he'll describe a scene, and it's so beautiful, and you just like it's you know you can just like pull quotes from just like those scenes where he'll like describe someone that like maybe. The romantic interest and he'll talk about her and it'll be it won't just be about her beauty it'll be why her beauty sings or why it makes his heart sing you know like it becomes like this whole poetic thing and so yeah you're hearing about her beauty but it's almost more than that and so it's it's definitely like intertwined in this story that's really cool i find like horror with poetry is really like
1: it sounds like it would be at opposite ends but I feel it kind of works quite well together
2: yeah Shirley Jackson's is the horror one and then Patrick Rothfuss his is a fantasy oh yeah. series but yeah they're both both great
1: and Jonathan do you have any inspirational authors or
3: sure yeah yeah so for like horror I think I'm I like um, Lovecraft and Poe a lot oh yeah Lovecraft they have this, like too. really like flowery <laughs> way of describing darkness and, and the- yes It definitely influences my like flash fiction and horror stories a lot and then for like science fiction i would probably say herbert and uh douglas from dune and uh hitchhiker's guide because i've been writing this science fiction novel for like i don't know 15 years or more (laughs) and uh, (laughs) i'll eventually finish it because it's almost done but um you know i think those influence my my book the most probably that's really awesome
1: Yes, I have to say, I love all those too.
2: So <laughs> you're like, I love everything.
1: <laughs> There's so many, right? That you could name. I know.
3: I haven't read Name of the Wind yet, but I, I own a copy and I'm going to read it. And then I have, I'm have i reading of Hill House. I'm a super slow reader, but uh, the first few chapters are really good. So I'm like really into it.
2: It's my favorite of hers so far.
0: Given that you are co-publishers, do you ever co-write together as well? Or has it so far just been publishing I guess together it's curious
2: well we've done a lot of like we've worked on stories together like yeah. if one of us has written something and then we like will edit each other's work especially just mm-hmm. like you know um, in the moment but we haven't done like we haven't written something I know Jonathan really wants to write something he always like, brings it up and so I mean I, I think we'll do that in the future but especially there's this one that I don't know if you want me to tell about it but essentially it's like there there are different timelines and stuff so it would be It would work really well with different writing Mm -hmm. styles in a sense, just how how it would be written.
3: Yeah, I do want to write that. That's a fantasy kind of choose your own adventure story where it's kind of like role playing almost.
2: Mm -hmm. That
0: sounds fun. It does sound fun. Sounds fun to write as well. Yeah. It does sound like it would work well because Sarah and I co-write together. So we've got like, oh, cool. uh, we do as multi-perspective so then it also works for the different styles. But that with the different timelines sounds like it would work really well to co-write, which is cool.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a lot of times, I mean, I would say that we do co-write because, well, I mean, there are things that we write together like the introduction.
2: Yeah, we definitely to, do.
3: But like a lot of times it'll be like, I have a story and she'll help me and sh- we're writing it together. But like, it's like my story with, and the same with her so it's like yeah so we are yeah. you know writing together
1: and so someone leads the vision and kind yeah. of has yeah. more control of the project and then the other one sort of inputs creative ideas and yeah exactly yeah. And it for sure counts <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does i mean our style is more 50 50 but i've heard like a lot of co-writers work like that where they'll have like one main leader for the project which works quite well because then you know you don't get your visions super confused and I mean we've known each other for a long time so we don't find that happens but I can imagine like if you're trying to find a process it could be quite difficult to sort of learn to mesh your ideas initially so
3: oh yeah I agree with that because I think we we could do that I think it's just more a matter of officially being like okay we're gonna co-write this (laughs) one (laughs) thing
2: yeah making it official
3: as opposed to just like bringing the other person in on an existing thing which is what we do a lot
2: Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's mostly like a timing thing right because like when we already have that project finished and written and it's just like oh hey will you help me work on this I feel like most of the work is already done and it's usually a short story too and I I feel like we'll want to do like a novel and I I think building that from scratch and then having as a novel just will take a lot more time and so it does sometimes take a lot more time (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: and you're like waiting for someone to finish a chapter or Yeah. yeah I was going to ask. You talked a little bit about starting your Collective Tales publishing company together. What was the actual driving factor for wanting to start a publishing company in the first instance?
2: Well, well, I think it's to like. I mean, there's a, a big point like with me, and I'm sure this with Jonathan as well, where it's you know we want to help people. We want to bring authors the opportunity to publish and like see how it can be possible because I feel like we do, we are willing to do developmental editing if people want to do that, if we like the story, right? And we're like, you know, we want to bring those people in and then just working together too. Like, there's just like a lot of components, but um, I think it's, you know, helping authors. I, I hear a lot of people feel like writing is a competition and yeah, it is, we do compete and it's not necessarily bad, but I, I feel like people think of it in such a negative way. And if we just all mm-hmm. helped each other a little bit more, I think the the community would just benefit as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we we will buy each other's books or we'll review each other's books because it's like it's not hurting it's not hurting me to buy your book and review it. You know, and so it's it's just helping. Yeah, and, you know, I know that you'll do that later too. So it's just, but in the same thing with the publishing company too. It's like, yeah, I mean, obviously we're the public. You know, for the author, we're publishing them, so they're not the publisher, but you can they can still like. Get the word out, and they can do marketing, and and they can help us with experience with other things too. So it's like a you know it's symbiotic, and yeah.
3: Well, uh, we definitely didn't do it for the money. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> we were actually about money.
3: This morning, and I was like, "Oh, we need to print more copies." And she's like, "Okay, we're going to use all the remaining money to print more." And I'm like, well we already we not money in this." And we do really well for an indie publisher, but there's not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> in it but we do it because we love it and it's fun and yeah to speak on that community aspect that liz was discussing like so far we're just publishing anthologies and we like working with new authors and our friends that are that we that are coming back you know and you know we love that community aspect and also helping new authors mentoring them you know and i think that's fun yeah. uh, you know a lot of small presses it's really fun do like novels and you know maybe down the road we'll publish novels that yeah. people submit, but like, I think we really like anthologies and I think we publish what we like to read. And I think so far we've had a good response. So
0: cool. Speaking of new authors and whatnot, how do you find the authors for these anthologies? Is there like a submission process or do you
2: go headhunt and recruit? What's, how does that work?
3: Well, oh, Liz, do you want to go first?
2: Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm sure we're going to say the same thing. It's just, uh, I, I mean, we do a little bit of both Um, We definitely have submissions and we definitely want people to submit, but if we like a person, we want them to submit their story. I mean, obviously there is no guarantee that they'll get in, even if we're like, hey, you know, submit to this uh, because we don't know, like, we like their other stuff, but who knows if this other story is going to be good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, I think it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, we want to get as many people as possible. And so we just, we use a lot of different avenues
3: yeah originally Liz had a writing group and I think what was the idea like like, hey you know we could publish a book and that's kind of where you got started and then more people Mm -hmm. but with this with the more recent books um, we reached out to a lot wider audience of writers on Instagram and other social media Twitter and whatnot and like um, a a few writers that we like we were like will you please submit something and they did and so we were like excited (laughs) really excited (laughs) Like, oh, I know. this. It's going to be great. Like um, one of the authors I'll, I'll give a shout out to is Sophie Queen. And then uh, yeah. A. Butcher is another one that yeah. was really like. And then we have some returning authors that we really liked working with, like um, Alex Child yeah. and Austin um, Slay Perry. So
2: That's another thing, too, is I feel like we if we have worked with an author before that was, you know, was a creative person or not, you know, like they had a good story. And they were really great to work with, like great to work with is really key <laughs> <too>. <laughs> And then, okay. then we'll definitely reach out and be like, hey, you know, um, you should submit again. Uh, cause we really had a good time with you. You weren't, cause I mean, obviously there is something to be said to like, if a writer really wants their story to be a certain way, I think that's important if like, you know, we change something they, they don't like, but there's like, I feel like some authors don't know how to handle that like you know you can definitely stick to your guns and be like hey this is what I need this is what I want but you can do it in a professional way and we've had authors who just don't do it professionally and we don't want to work with those people who can't do it professionally (laughs) fair enough yeah but like you know it's uh you know we we just want people to be um they don't even have to compromise necessarily it's just to be easy to work with and we'll if they're easy to work with we're easy to work with kind of thing yeah I think being professional and
1: so sort of maintaining that and being polite and working with respect is really important and you know if if people don't do that then you know you're not going to get the best out of your product and if you're not being professional then it's going to show in your work as well so i think that's a really key thing for sure yeah
3: yeah i think there's sometimes a conflict that exists between publishers or, or and/or editors well i mean there's a conflict between those two positions and then there's also the writers. And sometimes that conflict comes in the form of, well, this is what I want. And then we're like, yeah, but we want to do what the readers will want. <laughs> yeah. And so there's this like, I'm an artist and I do my artist thing. And I'm like, I can't respect that. But at the same time we're a business and we think it's better. And we think the audience will enjoy it more if we do this thing, you know? And so this sometimes causes a little bit of a conflict.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or like um, we, because we have an anthology and we have like a lot of different authors, and different readers, we wanna, we try to get things that aren't too violent or too sexual. And so sometimes we have to cut a few things out or be like, hey, this is just not appropriate for the readers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes authors oh, get boy. annoyed and it's like, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to keep it, but we have 16 year olds who are gonna be reading this. And so we need to make it okay enough for 16 year olds um, to read as well. And so, cause that's, I think that's one of the reasons why the collective darkness is uh, pretty tame compared to some other horror anthologies i mean there are definitely some moments that are kind of in um intense but i think it's it's good for like, a lot of readers and we we like having that broad um readership just because we get more readers we get more
3: people yeah so. the only criticism i've ever really heard of our first book was some people didn't like that it wasn't gory or violent or scary enough like cuz it's not like that hardcore it's not like there's definitely some moments in there with some slashing and stuff but it's you know like she said like i think it's more general audience horror than it is like for the hardcore people that are like really into violence (laughs) (laughs) like my story for example it has a little bit of blood and stuff but it's it's really more of a dark fantasy story about vampires uh... okay
2: honestly yeah i feel like figure in the mirror feast my story into the dark and then karen's story red flag those are like the most i think those are some of the darkest ones
3: yeah, but they're, they're dark, but they're not they're not that bloody, though.
2: No, but like psychological. And that's one thing is we, we, we focus a lot more on the psychological. And so you'll get a lot of like with Feast, that one, I feel like the ending is just WTF. <laughs> I don't know if we should swear. So, um, but, you know, it's, and the same with Red Flag, too. It's just uh, the whole story is just um, I like psychological stuff. And I think psychological sits with you more. And this mm-hmm. is longer and it's also more appropriate for um, a wider audience mm-hmm. I would say in some ways yeah the psychological
1: ones have yeah more of the sort of scare element to it than just simply like blood and gore isn't yeah. really just horror that's more like just slasher kind of genre yeah. not that you know, it's bad if you want to write that stuff, but it's just, oh, it's yeah. different to what there's different types of horror. I actually exactly. have been reading a book on writing horror. Um, we've reviewed it in another podcast, but you know, it mentions how many types of horror there is and there's just so many. Um, it's not just one genre, right? So you kind of have to find the stories that's going to merge together, I guess, when you're creating a collection of them not ones that are going to be like completely opposite ends because then you've got a really disjointed kind of strange collection going on
2: yeah exactly how hard is it
0: to collate the stories like how do you make them so yes it's an anthology but you want different ones but you don't want them to be like so wildly different they don't all fit together nicely how do you go about choosing those
3: well, uh, I was just going to say, you know, there's a balance because with our horror books, the theme is is a really easy theme, darkness. So we're, we're you know, that can comprise a number of different things. But mm-hmm. what we like to do is we don't like to have the, too much of the same kind of story. So like one kind of vampire story is probably plenty and one about a tree that eats people. Although we have a bunch <laughs> of people <laughs> stories somehow, but they're all in different books.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's spread out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't know. We really like those for some reason, and then uh, you know. So we try to get a different balance. And like in Collective Darkness, there's a few stories that are like dark fantasy, and there's psychological horror ones. And so we just we just try to have a balance of different stories that we all like that you know strike that balance between being in the theme but also not being the same kind of horror.
2: Yeah, I, I have to echo that as well. It's like I feel like the biggest thing is the fact that um, I think the theme really helps, even when it's like. Something is, um, I don't want to say generic, uh, is, but like, but like broad is darkness. Cause that is a pretty broad theme, but even still, like, I felt like we still got a lot of stories that really worked well together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having that theme, having some kind of focus really helps because we've only, I mean. Yeah, we've definitely um, had stories we've rejected, but I feel like those stories were more about quality. And sometimes it was like, what the, this doesn't even fit the theme. This isn't even, this is like really random, but usually because if they fit the theme somehow, they usually can kind of, uh, they work well. So that's cool.
3: Yeah. And like the the theme of our next book is the fantasy one is unsavory or like illegal. Yeah activities so we get a a broad range of fantasy stories but they all have some element of crime like my story is about selling organs like a witch selling organs in the black market (laughs) we have an illegal jousting tournament there's thieves and illegal uh witchcraft is in this story
2: Oh yeah, and then the, the tree. <laughs> the tree. Find oh, the tree one this time. I know, but you know, you'll find it different ones. I feel like <laughs> that should be like an Easter egg every single time we have an anthology. There's just like one tree eater. <laughs> oh, we're
3: definitely gonna keep having tree. I don't know how we get, we don't have one in the, the sci-fi book. I don't think
2: not yet.
3: <laughs> we
2: need to add <laughs> <So> <laughs> just like add one in.
3: So, <laughs> so i random, like, but I love it. Yeah. Um, lost in so they're all about stories about miscommunication, more or less.
2: What about if there's a tree in space, and it talks?
3: Oh no, wait! I think we do have a story about trees that eat people. Actually, it's wait, really? There are. There is uh, one. Do you remember that's
1: now?
3: Funny. There you go. Turns, and the <laughs> trees like send out a message, and then the people <laughs> come and they're looking yeah. for a dead person. Oh my gosh, we do uh, have one. We're so weird.
2: I know. <laughs> I love it. <that. laughs> This has to happen every single time. I love
1: that it's managed to happen consecutively without you even knowing. You're just like, oh yeah, there is one.
3: Yep. Our next book will be Collective Chaos and we don't really have much submissions yet, but now I feel like Liz needs to write a story about trees taking over the world and eating everybody. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. That one's about (laughs) apocalypses.
2: Well, and I feel like with uh, uh, one of the things, one of the reasons I feel like trees are... I mean, cause I've been seeing, a li- I don't know if You're you guys novel. have had this, but I've, I've seen a lot more trees and bird stories and um, they're always usually very different from each other. So it's never like someone's just copying a story, but I feel like people are looking at those themes a lot and like looking at their nature type themes. Cause honestly, I- and this is my theory, but it feels kind of like, because people are thinking about climate and they're mm. thinking mm. about the earth. And so Maybe that's why, you know, because I feel like a lot of stories have similar themes during different generations because that's just the collective thought. So that's probably why we're statistically just going to see more tree stories just because <laughs> I think people trees love trees. I love I trees. trees
1: <laughs> when you think about it, they're very symbolic.
2: Yeah, they're very yeah. symbolic.
1: Like, you know, there's the kind of symbolism of life and family and yeah. There's also like because you see them go through different changes and seasons, it's like change and they can, you know, you've got those dark themes of like, you know, twisted, gnarly trees and then like more springtime kind of feeling. So I guess it's such a wide kind of symbol that you're probably bound to get it. And like you say with COVID, you know, people are thinking outdoors more.
3: And it's not just seasonal. Like if you look at trees during the daytime, they're like so pretty and inviting but at nighttime trees look really scary they got those like arms and Mm -hmm. they just have these dark huge silhouettes remember that movie the snow white one the cartoon (laughs) yes (laughs) i know
0: exactly what you're talking about
3: (laughs) it's kind of like that you know
0: trees always make me think of well because in New Zealand we don't get any snow or it's not cold or anything but my parents were from, originally from Canada so we would go back for winter you know when it's really cold and tr- at night and the trees like crack and like you're in the uh, middle of nowhere and you can hear the branches like cracking and popping oh, yeah. and snapping it terrified me I was like what is happening dad is there a serial killer out there he's like it's the trees and I, was like, I don't like
2: this <laughs> don't like this trees blow in the wind they don't crack in the cold no, and trees are, you know, we're learning so much more about trees too. Like, they, I mean, we know that some types of trees communicate, but it's like we actually think that uh, they can communicate more types of trees can communicate and like it, they're with their environment too, not just like with trees. It's like it's just really intense. Like, trees are, <laughs> I mean,
3: through their roots, it's something.
2: probably they're probably ancient gods and they're now coming to life and trying to take over. Just do it. Yeah, revenge <laughs> for our poor treatment of the planet. Yeah. It's like the yeah, the the dolphins in um in <laughs> Douglas Adams. <laughs> They're just gonna run away. <laughs> Thanks for all the fish. Trees rise up fighting back.
3: <laughs> or what was that movie with uh, where the, the plants were killing humans and um, happening? Remember that one? Oh, yes. that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Although what's that horror? The ruins or something? It's like a horror book Mm -hmm. where the plants eat people. I remember a couple of years ago, one of my friends found I'd like bought it at like a secondhand bookstore. I think it's called The Ruins. And he was like in my room and he was like, oh, what's this? I'm like, oh no, I've never read it. It's horror. And I don't you know, horror scares me too much. He started reading it. It was one of those like outrageous, super gory, um, where these people like trapped in the jungle and then the plants come alive Mm -hmm. and start taking people one by one.
2: They're taking it back. They're taking their world Play. back. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm all ready for my uh tree overlord. You know, that's us cool. Feeling inspired. <laughs> yeah.
1: So would you, what would you say has been your biggest
2: challenge when it comes to collective tales publishing? Well, it's just like, I feel like it's more just like, I mean, with any business, it's like getting it off the ground, making it so people take us seriously, you know, we're, we're still young. We're still, we still can only pay our authors so much money, <laughs> but like, I think that, you know, we're just as legitimate as any other company, you know, we're, and, and I think we've done such a great job, like, you know, building it up, but it's still, I think that's the biggest challenge is just like showing like, Hey guys, we're also at the table. Like, <laughs> yeah, look at us. We're here. That's, cool. <laughs> that's my thing. What do you think Jonathan?
3: Well, I was going to say, I think I don't know if I should say this. Dealing with some of the authors is a bit challenging.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
3: Uh, we've kind of touched this a little bit, but it's like some authors because, and this is what our own doing because we we invite the whole world to participate, and sometimes we get most of our authors are new, and they don't maybe have the experience, and sometimes it can be difficult to work with. Another th- challenge is getting enough good submissions. It's kind of a pain or like, for example, you know, stress of dealing with, like, I had this idea, like, hey, what if we do a contest in September for flash fiction, so it's, like, the idea that we came up with was, like, Darkness 101, because Liz is going back to school, so I wanted to celebrate that, lessons were learned, and so that's the theme, and it's 101 words, and, like, Nobody has submitted yet, and I was like, Why doesn't anybody want to write flash fiction? And I've talked to authors about it, and they're like, Oh, I don't think I can, it's too short because it has like, to be
2: 101 words. No,
3: no author can write <laughs> under a thousand words or something. It's like that's a challenge for them, apparently.
2: Which is funny because Jonathan and I will, will be just like okay let's just do uh let's do something. well and it's weird though because in um so I I host uh, I'm the president of the romance chapter in this uh in the Utah League of Utah Writers um Utah chapter I can't speak uh but anyways <laughs> okay. the romance chapter <laughs> but um the we did a contest um it was a hundred words and we got quite we got a few people. We didn't get as many as we were hoping. And I think it was because it's the same thing where it, thing. it has to be exactly the uh, a certain amount of words. And maybe, you know, and people think it's super hard to mm-hmm. write um 100 words. And uh but like Jonathan and I will like work on stuff together. And we'll be like, "Oh yeah, this is so, you know, cuz you know, you can really? almost like edit and finish it within like the day. Whereas like if it's 10,000 words, I think there's more you have to take a lot more time. And it's mm-hmm. I mean, we'll definitely get people, but it's, you know, we just barely started the contest. So hopefully. Yeah,
3: it's only been 11 days. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> but yeah, like I know I also came up with the idea for that other contest. I mean, I just hate myself if I keep doing these like fast fiction ones, but it's <laughs> easier to edit, but uh and i'm like <laughs> i'm like reaching out directly to authors so i'm like hey you know authors i like you know not just anyone <laughs> but i'm like hey uh do you want to submit to this contest and they're like oh, i just don't think i can write that little you know i gotta write how can you write a whole story in like 101 words like it's easy <laughs> it's a lot easier for me it's good, writing it's good the practice
1: words, but... i think mm, i was gonna say it would be a good exercise to do for sure <laughs> like if you're struggling with
3: it's a good exercise yeah, yeah with novels like I'll I'll see independent authors and especially ones we like and I'll be like hey do you want to submit a short story and they're like oh i don't know how to write a short story i only know how to write something that's like 50,000 words or 70,000 and it's like you tell me you can't tell a story in like 5,000 words <laughs> i think yeah.
1: probably the hardest thing or at least i find is like how to end it or what's considered an actual ending mm-hmm. because i'll end it and then i'll be like but is that really an ending And they're like, but it doesn't have to be. (laughs) I know. That's why I'm like, well, I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, it's kind of some people, I guess, view, they want it wrapped up with the kind of little bow on the top. Whereas for me, I feel like if I do a short story, it's like a chapter.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Well, and that's what I say too. I'm like, well, I mean, this can just be like almost like a preview to your novel right like write a section write a character who doesn't really necessarily show up in the book or something or you know um they're a sneak peek somehow it's like just a single scene and and then people can like they'll like that so much that they want to buy your novel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Like i've seen there have been authors that have done it that way where they have a short story that they end up expanding or you know it becomes longer or they beef it up and add all this stuff in the middle and i think that's totally doable but if you ever need help Mm. with an ending i'm like super good at endings it's like my (laughs) okay endings are your (laughs) thing yeah
0: (laughs) i think beginnings are more my thing than endings yeah i feel like i I
1: contribute a lot to like just rounding off the sentences but i just like i don't necessarily end stuff though i make it dramatic it'll be like dramatic endings (laughs) Cliffhanger time. I, like oh, <laughs> <up. laughs>
3: I like an ending where you're like, oh, that's like the thing from before. <laughs> you no,
2: know, endings can be really fun. I feel like they they can make or break stories. And so I, I get like that stress behind it. But mm-hmm. honestly, I feel yeah. like it's sometimes a simple thing, you know, even just relating back to a previous, like beginning thing, um, yeah. sometimes can be perfect for that and and cliffhangers are really good too so I feel like a lot of writers just um overthink it yeah maybe we should do a workshop Jonathan and just make people like hey do this workshop and then we'll do 101 words and then they can submit
3: I love that idea
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a great idea that is a great idea so did you have anything you've mentioned your um, 101 Word flash fiction submissions. Is there anything else that you have open for submissions at the moment that you want to put a shout out for or call out for?
3: We have two right now, right?
2: Well, we have a collective chaos uh, with like world ending chaos theme, and then collective humanity, which is metamorphosis. So, our LGBTQ nonprofit, or it's like all the net proceeds are going to be going to a local Utah um, LGBTQ group so oh cool and you don't
3: have to be lgbt plus it's just
2: like lgbtq
0: and then allies okay nice and open to anyone if they have a piece of work that fits the theme that's cool yeah Yeah. this it was humanities and chaos chaos
2: cool Mm -hmm. and then humanity is like pretty much like all of the it's like encompassing all of our uh speculative fiction like um sci-fi fantasy horror and then um um dystopian slash apocalyptic and we
3: actually have some like so, non-fiction poetry that we've already accepted um, too so yeah i
2: mean i feel really
3: like about that
2: humanity <laughs> is going to be an experiment because <sighs> we're gonna see how how the genres work. So i feel like that one just the theme a lot of people are gonna try to do more um non-fiction which is not bad um i think that's the like you know especially in this that might be the best like with uh like the truth and stuff so we might we'll just see I, I don't know what see what happens <laughs> yeah. yeah it's
1: it'll be good it does sound like a very to be honest I think it's a theme you could do a lot with and have some yeah. very interesting stories non-fiction or fiction
2: yeah because we might do like different parts to, I mean we haven't really decided how we're going to format it but like an idea could be where it's like you know this section's the horror section this section's the uh, non-fiction section you know so Mm -hmm. that way even if they're very different and and they all fit the theme like it's still like organized um and people can read what they want sort of thing yeah it's a good idea
1: um is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about that we haven't already covered yet or no
3: (laughs) uh wow um
2: and I was surprised, Jonathan.
3: I know. <laughs> that doesn't seem like me.
2: I know. Well, we've talked about a lot of our um, things that we have out. And we'll definitely tell you if we do that workshop. Yes. Yeah. That would be awesome.
3: Well, We do We do have a workshop we do sometimes that we present that's mm-hmm. popular on making monsters.
2: Yeah, we're going to be doing that one. And we'll have to check the day. But, well, it's not, it's not next week, but it's the week after in September it's on, we're doing an online version, like there, it's, it's the American Fort conference, it's a conference in, um, it's like a mini conference in Utah, most of it's going to be in person, but just since I'm going to be not there, and they're in like, I think some people are still doing Zoom, so we'll have some hybrid, so, okay. Yeah,
3: yeah. also, we have a blog, we have two, well, Liz has a blog, sometimes she has guests, sometimes I write forward, or other people yeah that's editing me.com and then we have one for our business which is ctpfiction.com and we can also sell like signed copies of our books and stuff there so
1: great yeah so those are the main places to contact
2: you and yeah and then instagram as well yeah
3: we're like really big, and if you like funny videos of lisbians being- <laughs> million different costumes yes. that I edit
2: ridiculous <laughs> videos.
0: I've seen some of your um videos that are amazing. I love it.
2: <laughs> good. good.
0: Sometimes I laugh. look at
2: them afterwards and I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just impressed you have, have so
2: many costumes. It's
0: amazing. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, list yes, has a Patreon good. so that helps support the co- the cosplay um ah. <laughs> stuff so there's like extra pictures and videos and stuff there but like um yeah, so I make Liz do most of the videos. I am like, okay, I've got ideas. So I'll do research and then I'll be like, okay, here's book stuff to do. And then they'll be like, I have this idea for Supergirl has like a similar period or something. You know? And, oh, and,
2: and, right. And then, with Batman, the Batgirl yeah.
3: and yeah. It's like I had the idea of like, what if bat what if instead of Batman versus Superman, it was like Batgirl and Supergirl? They probably wouldn't even fight. They'd probably get along immediately, you know? <laughs> That's amazing and so like i was like the famous line from the movie is do you bleed and so then i like picked it to liz and she's like hilarious i love it i'm like really i thought it- maybe you think it was great <laughs> but it turned out to be really popular so I don't know.
1: that's awesome that's
3: the kind of weird nonsense that we have on social media
1: Yeah, you know chick so your instagram handle would be um just collective tales or
2: well Yeah, that too, but it would be Elizabeth Suggs author. And that's Suggs is an S-U-G-G-S, like Uggs with an S in the beginning.
3: (laughs) Mine is illusions underscore. Mine's dumb. I don't know. It's like. (laughs) Uh, It's illusions of grandeur, but there's like underscores between each word. And we can send um, this to
1: you. We actually have
3: a bunch because we have one for each of them. Oh, yeah,
1: we'll we'll put it all the links on the yeah. show notes as well cool yeah then we'll send all that stuff to you and where can people purchase sorry i'm having mind blank i'm really sorry
2: darkness? <laughs> yes yeah they can darkness. purchase darkness and deluxe darkness on amazon and then um on our website
3: and so if, if you don't like amazon because it's evil you can also buy it at barnes and noble and there's a number of mm-hmm. local utah bookstores that sell it
2: mm-hmm. And is it Bookshop that we also sell it on?
3: Yeah, Bookshop, Book Depository. We also have an, we have an audiobook as well. That's um, oh, cool. on, like, someone called...
2: Audible and then iTunes and stuff.
3: Yeah, and iTunes or whatever they call it. That's
2: awesome. But lots of
0: places, widely available.
3: Yes, yeah, widely available. Okay. You have no excuse to not find it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Righty, So thank you, um, Elizabeth and Jonathan for coming on our podcast. I think we've had a really amusing chat with you guys learned a lot about trees and um, your <laughs> collective darkness anthology and a whole bunch of other interesting anthologies that are coming up as well, which is quite cool.
2: Yeah. I, I had a, a fun time. Thank you, um, Ashley and Sarah. So. You're welcome. And yeah. Jonathan, of course. <laughs>
0: thank
2: you both.
1: It has been yeah. a very interesting conversation and I feel like we covered a lot and, good like it it hasn't actually been that long but you know like I feel like we've sort of jumped around from topic to topic and had a really great time so thank you so much so I guess we should round this up so There are still some spots left on our author spotlight section. So if you would like to be on the show with us, then please head over to lindesoncreations.com and hover your mouse over the main menu on the podcast. You'll see a drop down that leads you to be featured on Dear Writer.
0: Yes. And next time on Dear Writer is one of our talking shop episodes where we uh, have a chat about the books that we're reading for fun and the books that we're taking a look at to help better our writing craft Uh, and if you'd like to know more about us or any of our writing projects you can visit us at lindesoncreations.com or get in contact with us on facebook or instagram under the handle creations.
1: if you enjoy the show then please rate and review us on apple Podcasts and subscribe on your pocket of choice and we'll be back next week so happy writing everyone